Welcome to Packers Unscripted. I am Mike Spofford, joined today by a very special guest, Aaron Nagler. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. I couldn't believe I got in the door. It's pretty <laughs> impressive. This is a nice setup you guys got here. Well, Aaron is here for covering Packers training camp for the first couple weeks. We thought we'd take advantage of uh, his visit to get him on the show and talk a little Packers football. Aaron, we're coming off of family night. Last Friday night, kind of the big moment, you'd say, in training camp before that first preseason game. A lot of different standouts on both sides of the ball, but I want to start on the offensive side. What caught your eye on family night? Well, it's interesting. I know a lot of headlines have been generated around the receivers, you know, Trevor Davis, etc. But I'm going to go with Dexter Williams. And I don't think he had an outstanding evening. I mean, he had his ups and downs. But continually through camp so far, and then particularly on family night, you saw him in blitz pickup really know his assignments, have them down. And you've been around a long time yeah. watching Packers rookie backs come in and just be completely overwhelmed when it comes to picking up the blitz. Right. I think it's really encouraging to see where he is at this point. Yeah. Well, certainly nobody wanted... Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams to have to sit out the time that they have with some minor injuries. But it's been a heck of an opportunity for Dexter Williams, a sixth-round pick out of Notre Dame, coming into camp as the number 3 running back, to not only get reps with the number 1 offense, but just the sheer volume of opportunity that he's getting. Yeah, and I mean, this can be really important for a young guy that the Packers – they drafted him for a reason. They, they want to find where he fits in this offense, even though you know Aaron Jones, when healthy, is going to be the number one guy here. But where do you see Dexter Williams perhaps fitting into this mix? Well, he does seem to be such a perfect scheme fit. A lot was talked about after the draft about the zone scheme and his place in it and his ability to stick his foot in the ground and get upfield when yeah. he sees that crease. And mm-hmm. you've seen that on the practice field. Uh, you've seen where... You know, he hits his aiming point, and all of a sudden he spies that little cutback, and he's gone. Um, It is interesting. Jamal Williams obviously has been out much longer than Aaron Jones has. I do wonder if that gives Dexter Williams a bit of an opportunity to maybe become – obviously I don't think he's going to be splitting carries with Aaron Jones anytime soon, but it could give him a bit of a crease to wedge himself in there, to be the guy who's in the rotation – and the longer Jamal is out, you never know with these injuries, but the yeah. longer he's out, the more opportunities Dexter has to put stuff on tape and to make the coaching staff more comfortable with him. I could see him being a guy who gets, you know, five, six touches a game, at least early on in the season. Yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility, and we'll see how the rest of this preseason goes. But with Jamal Williams out as long as he has been to this point, you would certainly think that Dexter Williams is going to get a big opportunity in this opening preseason game 100%. against the Houston Texans to really cement what he's done in the first couple of weeks of training camp. Elsewhere offensively, you mentioned obviously the receivers. Trevor Davis and Jake Kumar, I thought, simply the big continued, yeah. continued what they've been doing all training camp no in terms of their bids to, to make this team and to get into the receiver rotation. The other thing I thought that stood out, and I know – Matt LaFleur is kind of was joking in a couple of press conferences about how the officials were a little generous <laughs> with the with uh, where they were spotting the ball and how many yards they were giving the offense here and there. But I thought in one of the move the ball drills and in the two minute drive, I thought this Packers offense, the ones with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, I thought they looked as smooth and efficient as they've looked no really throughout camp. And the thing that stood out to me about it more than anything 
was the way Rodgers was spreading the ball around. It right. was Adams, then it was Kumaro, then it was Jimmy Graham, and it was Geronimo Allison. That ball was going to four or five different receivers within a given drive. That's exactly what Matt LaFleur wants, right? Yeah, and the ability – it's funny because we saw early on in camp it was the Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams show. I mean, <laughs> yeah. day in and day out it was clear. And some of that's because obviously Devontae is the number one guy in the progression. So you're going to – if he's open, he's going to get the ball. And yeah. Devontae Adams is open a lot. Um, <laughs> Uh, but as camp has gone on, you've seen Aaron really start to work with these other guys, really spreading it out, like you said. And I do think, I mean, it's funny because you've seen uh, one guy we haven't talked about in that mix is uh, Vitali, the fullback, yeah. who has been a legit receiving weapon. Yeah. I mean, people traditionally don't think of the fullback as a receiver, but he certainly has been so far in camp in this offense. You talk about Matt LaFleur's hopes and dreams for this offense. Not only is he going to spread it out to all these different receivers, but he can play with personnel in a way, okay, you bring a fullback in, you think as a defensive coordinator, okay, I got to counter with power, I got to counter with going big. And then all of a sudden, we saw it the other day where Vitali motions out of the backfield into the slot and then runs a wheel route. Yeah. I mean, that's not traditionally what you're looking for from your fullback. It's all over the place, and I think all the receiving options are starting to gel with the quarterback, and that's exciting. Yeah, and I think for those who want to read more about the fullback position, Wes actually uh, has a story on our website right now about Vitaly and everything that's been going on in training camp. Going back to the very first day of camp, as I think you know, he caught Aaron, the first pass. Right, and that's what I was going to say. The very first pass in 11 on 11 in this training camp went to Danny D- Vitale. And I actually Vitaly. mentioned that in our Three Things video that we do with Larry and John right. that it's like, if you want a sign that there's a place for a fullback in this offense, look at the very first play <laughs> of 11 go. on 11 in this training camp. But as you said, it's not just the fullback leaking out as like a checkdown guy yeah. or this or that. There is some of that, right. but there is also the the fullback running a wheel route or even running down the seam, like yeah. down the hash. And if it's there and if it's the right matchup, Rogers is going to throw the ball that direction. What's great is that on Sunday they ran Vitali down the seam and he was wide open. I mean, <laughs> wide open. Rogers has some for a big gain. So that tells you, you know, the defense is so worried about those other receiving options. If Aaron can get those going, they're going to forget about the fullback. Yeah. Because you're not, as a defensive back or a defensive coordinator, it's just not your, the primary guy you're going to be focusing on. You're going to be rolling coverage to Adams. You're going to be worried about Jimmy Graham up the seam. Yeah. And then here comes Vitaly screaming wide open. And it's a lot of possibilities. Yeah. Well, before we switch gears to the defensive side, Aaron, I need to take care of a little bit of sponsor business. Select Cousin Subs locations are now offering delivery. Whether you're ordering, catering, or your favorite sub, they're delivering right to you when you order online at CousinSubs.com. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. All right, defensive side of the ball when it comes to family night, what caught your eye? You know, there were a number of plays where you, you, know, you, you always like to watch the young guys. You know, Aaron Rodgers mentioned it at his locker last week in regards to what he was looking forward to for family night, and you want to watch the young guys, how they respond to being under the lights. It's such a big crowd for a practice. Um, I thought a couple of guys, two in particular, Montrevious Adams had a play where he was so quick off the ball, he completely ruined everything they were trying to do uh, (laughs) on offense. And then Rashad Gary, I think, holy cow, you see the athleticism, you see the burst, you see the possibilities, the ceiling, as scouts like to say, is so, so high because he can do, no man that big and that strong should be running that fast. And there were so many instances where, 
And some of this was against the twos, so you take it with a grain of salt. Right. Whole, he's just wrecking things and closing on the ball so quickly. It, it, you do think... This is a major chess piece for Mike Patton. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say, and I mentioned this in our Insider Inbox column the other day because a lot of people are asking about Gary. Wes and I have been talking about him a lot because he does stand out on the practice field almost every day. But it's time for Rashawn Gary to get more reps against number one offensive totally linemen because, because the twos and the threes, he has nothing left to prove against those I guys. I mean, he, he stole DeBeer's soul yesterday on the practice field. I, there are just moments where he is com- a complete mismatch for some yeah. of these, you know. And that's – these guys are doing work. They're doing – you know, they're – you, every rep is valuable. You're going to learn something from both sides of the ball. Right. But if you're continually winning with ease, okay, it's time to let, – let's see him go against Brian Balaga or David Bakhtiari. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely gotten to that point, and I think we're going to see that as camp goes along. And certainly he's going to get reps in the preseason games, hopefully Absolutely. when the other team has its number one offensive line out there. Obviously the other thing with regards to family and on the defensive side of the ball, a couple of big interceptions uh, – Packers working on their cornerback depth, which now Kevin King has another hamstring injury. He's dealing with it. The depth at the cornerback position is going to be important. And uh, we saw Tony Brown with a pick six. He jumps the sideline route, uh, snags Deshaun Kaiser's pass, and takes it to the house. And then Kadar Holman, the rookie sixth-round pick out of what Toledo. What um, a fine. A heck of, heck of a play. He uh, attacks a – essentially, I don't know if you call it a slant or a stop route, either way – but he gets the deflection, the ball pops way up in the air, and then Chandon Sullivan, another rookie, comes and makes a diving interception. Um, a really good play by uh, by both players there. But these guys, number 28 and 29, they happen to be consecutive on the roster. But Tony Brown and Kadar Holman, these are two guys who could end up playing some important roles on this defense going forward. You mentioned Kevin King being out. Tony Brown steps in with the ones on during Sunday's practice. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's the confidence the uh, coaches seem to have in him. And I think for good reason. Anybody who has uh, come here from Cheesehead TV knows I've talked Tony Brown up all summer. Uh, <laughs> I thought he got limited playing time, a little more playing time towards the end of the year last year. Um I think people, most fans maybe remember him for the penalties, the two penalties earlier in the yeah. season last year. But I'm here to tell you, this kid can play. He's got everything they need uh, in Petten's defense, Manning, man defense especially. Um, and I, don't, I think he's picked up right where he left off. He's continuing to – I think he's an ascending player. And I'm with you. I mean, I've had a lot of kind of pushback for the pick six, people saying, oh, it was a poor throw. But there are no poor throws on Sundays in the yeah, NFL. Exactly. Like, week in and week out, there are poor throws. When there are bad throws, and your job you as a defensive advantage. back is to take advantage of it. No, and that's no exactly doubt. what he did. Um, I'm really excited about Tony Brown. And I, Holman, what a find. Uh, this kid can play some man defense. Yeah. Uh, obviously, that's pretty important in Mike's scheme. He's an aggressive, in your face uh, cornerback. Another guy who's getting some reps with the ones. Yeah. So it's clear that. The work they've done this offseason is starting to translate here when the pads are on, they're, they're going in live situations. And, I mean, so far, and it's still very early, but so far these guys are answering the bell. Yeah. Well, I talked with Tony Brown after practice on Sunday. I'm actually working on a story for later in the week with, as you said, him stepping in for Kevin King and working with that number one nickel defense as a boundary corner. I talked to him about how things got off to a bit of a rocky start last year. He had 
that really bad unsportsmanlike conduct. The one in Detroit on, on was nonsense. Teams. You've seen worse every yeah. Sunday. But but what I but what I asked him go. about when a when a brand new undrafted guy comes on the team and basically that's his his first foray onto the field in a game right. and you make a really really bad and what a lot of people would consider a stupid mistake like that. I asked him, you know, did you think you were even going to be able to stick around here? Right. And the fact that he did, and he and he said, hey, you know, he obviously made the case that okay, I got to learn from it. It's not going to happen again, right. et cetera, et cetera. But the fact that the Packers stuck with him says something about his talent because there are a lot of guys yep. in that situation with really no pedigree. They make a mistake like that in a game that the team ends up losing. They're on the street, and the GM is finding another guy on the roster to replace him the next day. That didn't happen with Tony Brown, and that says something about what this personnel department thinks he can become. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, I think all the tools and the talent are there. And it's funny. People remember the penalty, but they don't remember he's celebrating because he makes a, he makes a great play on third <laughs> down, which should have got them off the field, but it didn't because of the penalty. But right. It just he, the kid makes plays. He is in position more often than not. And if you're going to test him, and you got to think, if for whatever reason he has to play, you know, significant minutes this season, well, people aren't going after Alexander. They're going to go after Tony Brown. Yeah, they're going to attack him. So, hey, good luck to you because I think this kid's going to be up to the challenge. Yeah, and this is a kid who he, he likes to trash he talk with Aaron, with Aaron Rodgers, no <laughs> less, too. He likes to try to get in Aaron's quote head was so a little great bit. when yeah. he said, uh, you like completing one on him so he shuts up for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we got a few more minutes here, Aaron, and you've been here since the start of training camp. I think you're you're here through the first preseason right game? Right after that. Yeah, I'll be here through the Texans preseason game, and then I fly okay. out on Friday. Okay. Well, just give me your general observations. This is the first we've really seen this Matt LaFleur offense in 11-on-11, full right. contact type of work. What are your overall impressions from from a scheme perspective? What jumps out at you in terms of what you're seeing out there? Well, it's funny. The the, the, the watchwords have been the, the phrase that both he and Aaron Rodgers have kind of glommed onto repeatedly is work in progress. Mm-hmm. And I think that's certainly what we've seen yeah. so far. Especially recently, on Sunday, the defense just owned the offense. And I think part of it, they're going against a very talented group on the defensive side of the ball. So I think there was always going to be a bit of stubbing your toe as you get going. When things start flowing on offense and they have inter- like you know, bits and pieces here and there, it's exciting to watch. And you do get that sense of they could hurt you any possible way. Like whether it's at one point they, they were working five wide. Mm-hmm. which was kind of a, a very Mike McCarthy-esque looking thing, yeah. but they can go there if they want. And Aaron was so great. Mike was, Patton was trying to bring all these blitzes, and they were working on picking up pressure in an empty situation. Aaron just picks it apart. Or they go power, and they're running that zone scheme, and all of a sudden you've got these backs with holes open, and, and you see like the possibilities, and then bootleg action off of that, which is the Shanahan tree staple for yeah. the quarterback. Um, and then you've got all the receiving options. I, I think it's going to be slow going. And I know people want to – I think the sense I get from some fans is, well, it's the Sean McVay offense. It's the Kyle Shanahan offense. We're going to look like that, right? Yeah. And I just don't think it's that simple. I think it will be a bit kind of stop and start, fits and starts as the season you know, begins. But the potential 
it, you can see it each and every day on on the practice field. There, it will take a bit for it all to gel, but once it does, it's going to be scary. Yeah. Well, one thing our colleague. John Kunis talked about a lot in our three things videos and, and other places is all of the shifts and motions that right, are going on with that. this offense. And you see, you see jet sweep type action with the uh, wide receivers. Nearly, sometimes, they, sometimes lots. they get the ball, sometimes they don't. And those are the kinds of things that, you know, they're, they're running the bootleg action and things like that off of that. There's, there are just, there are so many, things going on right. you know so to speak that and and that's what Matt LaFleur means when he talks about the the illusion of complexity because right. for the players out there it's not necessarily complex for them but it's throwing a lot of a these lot shifts of and motions at, at, at the dressing. defense to get them to to distract them yep. essentially get them off their keys and uh, and to get them think something is coming when it's something else that is built off of something that was run four or five plays ago, right. um, that kind of thing. And most offenses are like that. I just in there's terms of how more, in terms of how they build off of here, other though. things. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's so much. You're talking about like the shifts and the motions. Yeah, the that, that's what that, that's so what you much see of it. out there. And it's funny because you've seen, and I think it kind of got under Lafleur's skin last week, where there were like a number of plays in succession where there were pre-snap penalties, you know, guys moving early or two guys moving at the same time, et cetera, yeah. things you just can't have. And I think it's to be expected when you're incorporating all right. everything we're talking about here. It's, it's very new for some of these guys. And so I think you step back and you look at it at 30,000 feet, you're like, yeah, of course, this is going to happen. This is how you've got to expect to begin. But if you're the head coach, you've got to demand that they clean this up. Yeah, Because yeah. you can't. It's got to get sharp. It's got to get sharp. And it's interesting. It's a fun juxtaposition when you're out there with all the music that Lafleur <laughs> has going from the Constant moment you step. music. I mean, from the moment you step on the practice field to the moment it's over, there is blaring music, and it's a. I mean, it's a great mix. I'm. I'm not. I love it, but I don't have to like practice in it. You yeah. know what I mean, and Try, some yeah, of these, I can't. To think guys are like dancing in the huddle, yeah. and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, now we got to go. And like, <laughs> okay, well then, why do you think there are pre-snap penalties? Because guys are like kind of vibing. <laughs> it's it's been a fun mix in that regard, and. Uh, it's been a big-time departure from what we've been used to here in Green Bay. Yeah. Well, on the defensive side, you mentioned, obviously, Mike Pettin, second year. A lot of new personnel, but we're seeing the defense certainly ahead of the offense no in question. training camp, which is which is to be expected. One guy that I wrote about on our website after Sunday's practice was Zadarius Smith. We heard from him in the locker room with interviews for the first time since training camp started. And uh, – this is a really – you talked about Rashawn Gary before as being an interesting piece. Zadarius Smith is a really, really intriguing guy to me because uh, me and a few other reporters, we were trying to pin him down like, okay, well, what's your best pass rush move? What's, the, what's your favorite <laughs> spot where you want to line up? And he's right. like, he's not interested in being pigeonholed. As, At you all. Know, he's like, hey, I'll go to any move. I'll line up anywhere <laughs> you want me to line up. This is a, this is a really interesting guy who was – in essence, a backup guy yeah. behind some really, really Rotational, good players really. in Baltimore the yeah. first four years of his career. But from the day he walked into this Packers locker room, he became a leader on this defense. And that was even before Mike Daniels was released. And I think it's interesting. You talk about everything he can do. You've seen that day in and day out on the practice field. I mean, he's a real chess piece. He's a guy that can dominate and dictate to the offense. And those guys are rare, and they tilt the field. Yeah, And I think... If you look at this defense as far as what it could be, he's 
a key, if not the key piece, because you, he, he can come from anywhere. Uh, he's going to cause all sorts of problems, and you're going to have to kind of key on him as an offense and as an offensive play caller or a quarterback, which allows – I mean, there's all this other talent. You've got Kenny Clark. You've got Gary. You've got all these other guys that are going to be able to take advantage of what is undoubtedly going to be extra attention paid to yeah. Zadarius. Yeah, well, I think we've seen in the shift from – with Mike Pettin taking over as defense coordinator and Brian Gutekunst taking over as the general manager, the investment that was made this offseason in the outside linebacker position, it just shows you the importance, the paramount importance that's being placed on it. And I mentioned this in our Insider Inbox column. You go back from the time the Packers drafted Clay Matthews in the first round in 2009. If you look at major investments being a first-round pick or a major contract, mm. The Packers made, in a span of nine years, they made four big moves at outside linebacker. They re-signed Matthews, they drafted Perry, Perry, they signed Julius Peppers, and then they re-signed Nick Perry. So those were the four moves. They made three of those in one offseason. They signed Zadarius (laughs) Smith, they signed Preston Smith, and they spent a first-round pick on Rashawn Gary. Just that juxtaposition of the investment and the commitment to the position says something about the importance of it for Mike Pettin's defense. Absolutely, and the versatility, I think, is the real key because, uh, you know, we talk a lot about Zedarius, and for obvious reasons, he's been all over the place, but Preston has played extremely well, is, you know, very solid, and he has been much more versatile than I expected. And obviously that's because he's got a different play caller, he's going to utilize him differently than he has been right. throughout his NFL career up to this point. But I, you know, layman just looking at the tape, of his time in Washington, I didn't see a guy who could do all the things that we've seen him do on the practice field. So, uh, yeah, there's no question that Brian thought, okay, uh, we've got to pump up the talent level here. And that has certainly borne out early on here in camp. Yeah, no question about it. Well, we're out of time, Aaron, but I want to say thanks for joining us on the show today, filling in for Wes for, uh, for one morning. And with that, we will sign off on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all the coverage of the team and of training camp on Packers.com. On Twitter, you know where to find Aaron, Aaron Nagler on Twitter. Check it out, cheesehattv.com. I'm at Mike Spofford, at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time.